Welcome back, I'm Kim Bailey, she's Bullion Rosborn and this is Inside Exec. Today we have yet another request from a listener and this time it's an extension of the podcast where we talked about knowledge management and knowledge transfer. And the request came in to Fuliana, so she's going to introduce it. Hello, everyone. This podcast is in direct response to a request by one of our listeners, and it will cover hoarding information and collaboration at work. Now, you might recall that in previous podcasts, we have talked about knowledge management. We talked about the responsibility of individuals to harness and share information. We talked about the management and the culture of the place where it allows you to be rewarded and recognised for following the process of knowledge management as well as collaborating with other colleagues. In this particular podcast, we are just focusing on one angle of it. As per the listener's request, it's, if you like, as a case study, it's a situation where an organisation has very long-term employees these long-term employees know the business inside out and they specialists in their own areas. They appear to a new person to be protective of that information and the culture itself is not really at a point where people feel everybody will share information. In this case, it's actually quite the opposite. How do you, as an individual a relatively newcomer, when I'm a newcomer in this sort of context, apparently some of the employees have been there 15 years plus. So as a newcomer, you could be brand new, you could be two years, you could be four years. Anyway, and what do you personally do to make sure that the information is being shared by yourself and the other colleagues? And instead of saying, well, the organisational culture is such, I can't do anything about it, this is frustrating, I can't do my job, etc., etc. The listener wanted to know what tips, what things can that individual do to make sure that they get the most out of the situation instead of the negative and frustrating approach. Now, just before you go on, Fiona, I think we need to have a little disclaimer here. The practical tips that we talk about are always ways that we've tried during our careers. Now, you can tell us about your approach. The first thing I thought of is we really should be very careful not to put all the group of people that have been there a long time, long terminals, in one bucket. They're actually not one person. I think it's pretty important to remind ourselves to always be specific in our communication and evaluation. In this situation, saying the culture or everyone can make both your perception and your resolution of the issue jaded or even incorrect. They're more than one person, so they, they've got different behaviours, they've got different needs, they've got different frustrations themselves. they actually got some insecurities maybe. Maybe some of them think knowledge is power and giving that power away will threaten their importance and their relevance to the organisation. Maybe some of them are just shy and threatened by new people coming, sucking the information out and going somewhere else. So it could be a multitude of things or it just could be that they're in a habit, that's all. They're in a habit of working in a certain way and behaving in a certain way and they don't see it as 
right or wrong, it's just the way things are. Regardless to what that is, let's now focus on the responsibility of that new person rather than the others. Firstly, as a newish person, it's like with everything, you need to build relationships. You have been chosen to join the organization because of what you have to offer and you chose the organization because of what the organization has to offer you. And that is, other than a salary, of course, (laughs) and it's going to offer you a career path and learning about that industry or that organization for you to use in the future within and outside the organization. I'm going to butt in yet again to say that if you have concerns about your decision to join an organization, you could go back through our podcast to the talk we had with John Eddy. And John talked about not only the responsibilities of an organization being honest with when they are recruiting, but the responsibility of you when you are choosing an employer. Okay, now you can go back to talking for Yana. Relationship building is really, really important in everything. So it's always got to be a two-way street. You can't approach it by saying, look, I need to do this and I need to know that and therefore this person knows it and I'll just go and get it. Well, that's a one-way street is what's in it for me. It's what it's all about me. A two-way street would be is what can I offer the other people? What can I offer my colleagues? How can I work with them? First and foremost, I think we need to acknowledge that people that have been there a long time do know a fair bit about their organisation. They do know how it worked, what's been tried before, what worked, what didn't work before. In some cases, they become subject matter expert. As a subject matter expert, it's a fantastic thing to have in an organisation where you can call on such expertise instead of hiring, say, an expert um, consultant and pay a lot of money. But you can't expect to walk in there and say, but you work here, you'll get paid, so give me the information. What you need to do, as I said, is build the relationship and help them. So if everybody goes to them and keep asking them for information, they feel and they have no time to grow themselves, to do what they want. In some cases, you might offer them some resources. But firstly, with the relationship, be generous with your feedback to them. Be generous by acknowledging that they have got a lot to offer and that you like to work with them and if they're good enough to share some of their experience and expertise. So if you're being given a task to do or your job, whatever that is, the first thing you do is you do some research. That research will be within and outside the organisation, global. You can use whatever search methods you want. So be sure to have done your homework first before you go to that person to ask for their part of the information. Once you've done that, you could go to that person and say, book time with them, make sure that you show respect to their time, and ask them, say, can I please run something past you? I'm trying to do this. I've done some um, homework and research, but I need to, from your perspective, as a person who has been working in this area for a long time in this organization, I want to get your perspective and your advice. Start off by saying that. And in turn, 
I'm happy to help in any way I can to your team. So talk to them about it instead of saying, can I have the information? One person said, you know, but they're working there, so they get paid. So why do I have to do that? Why can't I say, give me this information? And it's their job to also mentor and train others. It's true up to a point, but how would you approach your supervisor? Your supervisor is also a person that's supposed to know stuff give you stuff, teach you, work with you to grow your career. But you don't march into your supervisor's office and say, listen, I need this, this and this, and it's your job to give it to me. You don't. You you actually work with people as individuals, just like you like people to work with you. Mm. You might well have heard me laughing in the background as Poliana was giving you this practical tip. That's actually because I nearly fell off the chair. So all I'll say is that this particular example that Fuliana has given you is definitely one from our joint working experience. So always take accountability for the relationship yourself. So you encourage sharing information by sharing yourself. You also need to acknowledge when people give you information, public recognition, at a meeting, in an email, whatever it might be, let others know that so-and-so have been fantastic in sharing and helping with the information. Say things like, I could not have a complete project here or completed this task without the input from and the benefit of their X years of experience. What that does is you doing it as an individual and genuinely because that is what happened then people will think, oh, okay, well, this is valued, and this is slowly how the culture changes. And it's up to the individuals, both the the new and the existing people, to make it work. But in this case, we're concentrating, as I said, on the newer colleagues. Is this always going to work? You will have some successes with some of the people and not so much with others. So back to basics, understand the person, what their needs are, what make them tick, and work with them individually. You're being generous in your feedback. You're setting expectations about I'm not just here to take. You're encouraging sharing by sharing yourself. You're saying, look, I know this is going to take a while for the information for you and your staff to give me this information. Is there anything I can do by getting some of my staff to work with you or do something for you because in respect of your time and the effort you're putting in helping us. And in that case, what you're doing is you're offering resources, you're sharing, and you are not treating everyone the same. Always be sure to say why you're looking for the information and what you need it for because that's not really that that's a very smart thing to do because a makes sense but b it's because once you say to someone look i'm trying to do this and i've got this information and and to me the gap is and what i'm looking for by doing it that way the other person wouldn't just give you what you asked for but they will be able to say and what about and have you thought of so that's when the collaboration come together And that's when between both of you, this will become a better outcome and you giving credit where credit is due. So be generous in your feedback, set expectation, encourage sharing, reward particularly those who went out of their way to help you and don't be mean in the way that 
you give back your information and give credit. I'm going to hand over to Kim now, and I'm sure um, many people come across this sort of situation, and Kim, in her vast experience with many businesses, has come across it, and we'll hear her point of view. I've been really interested to hear Fuliana's observations and suggestions in this situation, because I think it's a very difficult one to overcome when you are new to an organisation or you haven't been around as long as everyone else who seems to have all of the information. I think also, though, it's an opportunity for you to not always follow the same path. Certainly, the suggestions that Fliana has given us today will give you some approaches to be able to gather information and knowledge from these people if that's what you really need. But it's also an opportunity for you to think a little bit more laterally, a little bit more out of the box about other solutions, other ways of getting the information. You know, we do live in an information age. We do have data available to us all sorts of ways. And if it does become not possible for you to gather the knowledge from within the organisation, then think about other ways that you can get that knowledge or whether in fact you need that knowledge for the activity that you're looking to do. As you know, I am very much focused on communication and the words that people use. And this again is an opportunity for us to think about the words that we're using and how people are hearing the request, but also about their communication style. So you don't just go in guns blazing as Fuliana goes in her very pertinent example about going into the supervisor and just saying, I need this information, I want this information. We we do need to think about the words that we're using and about how the person that you are requesting the information from communicates. So if they're more of a a written communication, an email or an SMS or a, a written communication person, then think about the best way, the language that they use when they're looking for information, when they're asking for assistance, because they do. I haven't yet to come across someone in an organisation who doesn't ask somebody else for some assistance, some help at some point. And if you're observant, you'll see and hear how they do it. And if they're expecting a response by doing it that way, then they shouldn't be adverse to you using that similar sort of communication style to get a response from them. The examples that come to mind would be, rather than say, can you give me this information, or I need this information, it would be the softer approach. I'm wondering if you can steer me in the right direction. I'm wondering if there is some way, somewhere in this organisation, that I can get this information. Don't ask them specifically for it, even if you know they're the ones that have got it. Let them volunteer, let them be the ones in charge, let them be the one that makes the decision to give you the knowledge and the information. Perhaps they're more a visual communicator, and so it might be easier for you to elicit information or knowledge from them if you go in with diagrams and charts and some other way of visually showing them the work that you've already done and where the gaps are in your knowledge and and the information that you have. And again, it's about not pointing to the gap and saying, you need to tell me how to fill in this bit or you need to show me what needs to go here. To put yourself on the line a little bit and let them again be in the driver's seat of giving you, making the decision to give you information and knowledge if you think that that's right. 
Now, the, of course, the other approach is that you fill in those bits with what you think might be the case and you just ask them for confirmation. You just say, this is what I think it should be. This is my feeling is that this is the information. Is that correct? From your experience, from your knowledge of this organisation, am I treading down the right path? Is this the, the right thinking? Is this the right approach? Let them... For me, it just comes back to letting them be the ones that instigate transferring the knowledge, even though you're putting your hand out, but it's ever so gently. And you're, what you're doing is just opening the door so that they can come through. And again, I will go back to what I said earlier. If they're not going to take that up, if they're not going to give the information, then there's a reason behind it. And you have to understand that they might be very hesitant about giving information out, giving knowledge out, because they feel like they are threatened. And so we have to acknowledge that that might be the case, and that may well be a reflection of the culture of the organisation, which you're not going to fix by any means immediately. I can talk now from my own experience. When I look back at some of the organisations that I have gone to as a consultant, consultants are often in the position where knowledge will not be shared, transferred, acknowledged. If I think about the instances where it was just not possible for me to get the information and I was really in a position of being the meat in the sandwich between the, the current management of an organisation and the workforce of the organisation, it became an opportunity for me to present solutions to the organisation based on my experience in other organisations. So I didn't look for the knowledge within the organisation. I got a sense that it was not going to be forthcoming. And so I said, OK, this is the situation, so I will present them, both sides of this particular activity, with a solution or solutions or suggested courses of action that come from outside, not just this organisation, but outside this industry. And just see what the reaction is, because that may well engender some information being forthcoming and if not it might well be solutions that they would never have thought of themselves and approaches that they would never have thought of themselves. So without being too specific in this case study that is another approach that you could think about is to actually look for resolution of the issue outside of your industry, outside of your organisation or the organisation that you're working with at the moment. If you find, I might just go back to the culture one because it, that is a worrying one I know when you get a sense that you've, you've chosen this organisation and you've put your, some effort into it, you feel like it's good for your career because you wouldn't have chosen it otherwise and you're now faced with the realisation that this is perhaps not the ideal environment, it's not the best place for you and I think those are very real considerations that you have to take into account because if in the long term, you need information and knowledge from people in the organisation and you need it to do the job that you've been chosen to do and that's not going to be forthcoming, then you have to address it. You have to say, well, is it worth me bashing my head against the wall to try and continue to do something in this organisation? You know, just do the pros and cons. Do your list of for and against and make sure that the effort that you're going to put in to resolving these sorts of issues is going to be worth it for you and for your career. And otherwise you're going to make those tough decisions. You've got to say, well, the, the culture of this organisation is such that it's not going to change in the short term. 
it's not going to benefit me trying to change it or trying to get the information. I'm not going to be able to give the best I can to this organisation because it's not doing its share in helping me give it the best. And so I have to make a decision of stay or go. bit dramatic, I know, but I think that you are now at a level in the organisations and in your at a point in your career where you need to be making those kinds of decisions. You don't have time to waste. You've got skills that are valuable and worthwhile to other organisations. Move on. Find somewhere else that will utilise your skills, will share their knowledge. And so there is a synergy that, that occurs that benefits everybody in this situation. It's been an interesting case study to consider and I thank our listener for contacting Fuliana and outlining it for her so that we could talk about it. We do enjoy hearing from you and thinking about the case studies that you bring to our attention. So please drop us a line if you've got an idea or you've got a situation that you'd like us to discuss and talk about. For now, I'm Kim Bailey, she's Fuliana Osborne and this is Inside Exec.